It is Monday, October 9th. We are officially into spooky season. We are fresh off of NFL Week 5. Looking ahead into NFL Week 6, we got a, a couple of big takeaways we want to take away from NFL Week 5 and then jump headfirst into the Week 6 slate. But before we do that, Brendan, how we doing, man? I'm sick. Uh, that's tough. Yeah. We're getting into that fall weather. Everybody's kind of coming down with something, so I feel like I'm a little behind the weather myself. Behind the weather. Under the weather. Under the <laughs> weather myself. Here we go. All right. Hey, biggest takeaways from NFL Week 5. I have a few that I want to talk about, but I I think the first one that needs to be discussed is uh, do the Cowboys suck and are the 49ers elite? Both. What is it? I don't know, but the 49ers look phenomenal. They're the most efficient team in the league on both sides of the ball. Brock Purdy, you heard me now. He should be an MVP candidate. There's nobody playing better football than Brock Purdy right now. I mean, I cannot think of anybody. So San Francisco absolutely routes Dallas. Dallas has kind of shown their tail a little bit. Uh, you know, their wins, if you think about it, are against a meager Jets team, a horrible Patriots team, and a Giants team that seems to be falling apart at the seams with a loss to a one and four Cardinals. So uh, Dallas potential frauds. I, I think that's something that needs to be discussed uh, in depth. I, I, you know, I think they still have a lot of good pieces, but I certainly don't think they're as good as everybody made them out to be. Um and I think we kind of confirmed some of our offseason priors with that game last night. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I can uh, I can uncapitulate myself if I even did <clears throat> because I was down the Cowboys all year from the switching in, the coaching and the scheme they're going to run. But, but yeah, you touched on it. They Their first four games, it looked, you know, untouchable, right? Who'd they play? The Giants, the Jets, yeah. the Cardinals, the Patriots. But now they play a legitimate, really good team and got – Fetty whopped. I'm going to start using <laughs> that. And it's pretty awesome. But no, I think the 49ers are legit. I think the 49ers are so legit. I would love for CMC to get one, Kittle to get one, Debo, Jawan Jennings. Like, come on. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't yeah. want that? They have an amazing defense and they can do whatever they want under the Kyle Shanahan scheme of offense. But I will say, touching back on the Cowboys, we played a really soft schedule. Now they've got Chargers this Monday, Rams, Eagles couple dozen there. Eagles again, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. It's going to be tough. It's going to yeah. be tough for them. I know. I, I, I do feel better about myself because, you know, last week, you know, you mentioned that you were kind of in the same boat. We, in the offseason, we kind of hounded the Cowboys. And we thought that they weren't going to be as good as everybody made them out to be. And at first, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, that may be my biggest miss of the <laughs> season. But but now I'm I'm pretty comfortable in that take. I think the Cowboys are a, a you know not as great as everybody thinks they are. Um, I, I'm I'm not a fan of the hype, so I'm, I'm glad San Francisco kind of pour, put them in their place. I think they can still win some big games, but you know <clears throat> contenders. Not while Mike McCarthy is is calling the shots. So uh, mm-hmm. next big takeaway for me, the Bengals. <clears throat> I the you know you said it before we hopped on the show you have no idea what to make of this Bengals team and I think that is the biggest takeaway for me is I think before we anticipated that the Bengals were really going to just slide out uh, the rest of the season 
Um, they may they may call it quits here if they win or they lose a couple more and just kind of, you know, hit a refresh button and move on to next year. But they certainly have the ability to to pop off. So with this, this game is a big takeaway for me because I think the Bengals can get back into gear, get Joe Burrow healthy after the week seven bye, and get back into contention. So if they can do that with some of their division play coming up, I think that they can certainly get back on track, especially with the, it's now a mess right now in the AFC North because the Ravens just went down to the Steelers and, you know, the Browns run by this week. So we didn't really see anything from them, but uh, they could flip the script with, with the nature of this, uh, this division. So I'm very excited to see how this story plays out for the rest of the year for the Bengals. I think this was certainly like refreshing uh, for that team. They really needed that win, even though it was against the Cardinals. But I think I think this was kind of like a, a litmus test for them to be able to prove to themselves that they can be the team that everybody expects them to be, and they can be right back up there in contention. So uh, great performance from the Bengals, even though it was uh, against a, a piss-poor Cardinals defense. Uh, a win like that is still a win, and it's just, uh, definitely a morale booster for Joe Burrow and, and them boys. So what do what'd you think about there? Yeah, I mean, their defense really took advantage of of Dobbs, who is not a starting quarterback. He is now, but typically is not, and a very lowly Arizona team. However, they just, I don't know what to think. I still don't. I mean, their schedule, when they come back from the bye, they've got the 49ers and the Bills. Yeah. And they already have two division losses. So, I, I mean, for them to, like, make the playoffs at this point, I think it's maybe near impossible because they got to play the Ravens and the Steelers and the Browns all again. Yeah. They already have played them. So um, we will have to see Yeah, on that right there, but they've got a tough road ahead. Well, that division, I mean, we, we saw it this weekend. Anybody can beat anybody, you know, the, the Ravens were kind of sitting up there at top alongside the Browns. And now they just went down to the Steelers who are, you know, I mean, it, you nobody's going to be able to get a read on this division until until the end of the regular season. So I think that's what makes it so fun. Honestly, it's just they all you know, it's a most the most competitive division uh, in the league. They all hate each other. So yeah. it, it's certainly fun uh, and then in a, in a competitive spirit. So uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. But uh, I, I had two wanna, more. I want to lightly touch on that division real quick. The Ravens just handed the Steelers that game. Yeah. Just handed them the game. Well, the receivers and, dropped the game. Literally. Every single receiver dropped something. It was insane. But yeah. I mean I'm you know we ride, we die, we steal, baby. It's it's <laughs> we're 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 here. What what is is that? I'm still look, on the Ravens. I'm not. I'm not gonna Three really. Two, uh, baby. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ding the Ravens for that one. You know, going to Pittsburgh and playing is certainly a tough feat to do. No matter how good or bad the Steelers are, they they always seem to be a tough tough opponent on the road or at home. The, um, deep, the Steelers' defense at home is is absurd. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so, the best in all I mean, football I'm, when they're yeah, home. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to take away too much from that. So I think the mm-hmm. Ravens, you know, can get back on track. Um, but they did 
you know, kind of shoot themselves in the foot that entire game. So yeah, I had two more that I want to talk about. One of them being the Patriots, man. They're horrible. Bill Belichick is not him. I mean, it's, it's becoming more and more clear day in and day out that, that Bill Belichick is, was riding on the, on the shoulders of Tom Brady. I mean, it, I certainly think he can still like, he's still like a great coach, whatever he, you know, leads the league and wins and, and all that. But, Oh my gosh, like to be this bad. And it's not like his roster is like a bottom tier roster. It's still fine, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But I don't know what's going on, on, uh, up in new England, man. I, I have no, I have no answers. I have no explanation. Mac Jones has been playing horrible football. Nobody seems like they want to be there. Like everybody that's on the Patriots football team right now, if you watch that game, they seem miserable. Like nobody wants to be on the field. Uh, morale is at an all time low. It just seems like a bad time to be a New England Patriot, uh, whether you're a player, fan, whatever it may be. So I, I I'm not. You know, I, I, I always thought highly, like I w- especially when I was walking myself through like making predictions in games and uh, kind of viewing opponents that go to uh, Gillette and play in Boston. I, I'm kind of shifting against that because I no longer can give Bill Belichick the credit that, you know, d- doesn't matter who's on his team, like he's going to be able to scheme up anybody, especially on defensive side. I don't think I can do that anymore. I think after the past few games that we've seen out of new England, I think that we can now treat Belichick the, like the mortal coach that he is. And I think that anybody can take advantage of this Patriots defense. Uh, certainly anybody can take advantage of the Patriots offense. Uh, Mac Jones has what thrown four pick six, four pick sixes in his past 19 <clears throat> games. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> so uh, that's, that's something I had as one of my big takeaways is the Patriots in fact do suck. So, uh, future's looking bleak. I don't know what to expect for the rest of their season, but uh, I'm certainly down on them for the rest of the year. All I have to say is <clears throat> I think Belichick should have retired when Tom left. Like, I, this is like, it's getting close to like legacy altering. They're like yeah. really bad. They're yeah. really bad. Legacy altering is a great way to put it because they I, just. Go ahead. I mean, I certainly. Like now that I've seen what I've seen, if he were to stop coaching tomorrow, like I, I definitely don't have the same like respect for him. I mean, not that's not a good way to put it. I certainly don't think I like hold him in the same regard as some of those other coaches like Alice <clears throat> and those guys. You know, does that make sense? Well, he was a really good coordinator for a long time and then he became a head coach and dude has like the most wins. Does he have the most wins ever? Not yet. I think George not Alice still has it. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get there now. <laughs> like, how – I mean, he would have to coach for, like, two more years. But, um, yeah, they they just – they're not good at all. And they don't – they don't. it doesn't look like anything's going to change. So, no. it's legacy-altering. Yeah. I mean, honestly. it's crazy. I, I never thought that, even without Tom Brady, that a Patriots team would look like this under Bill mm-hmm. Belichick. So, Mm-mm. But yeah, I mean, moving forward, we're going to have to make some adjustments to our models. We're going to have to make some adjustments to my the way that I view that Patriots team. So it's going to be it's going to be weird, but uh, it's what it is. Lastly, the Lions are legit. They mm-hmm. are 100 percent 
able to beat anybody in this league. And I know that they beat up on the Panthers, but it's the way that they beat up on the Panthers that was so that revealed so much about this team. And I know we've already seen it in past games, but man, this was kind of like the cherry on top. They are a complete team. They are a motivated team. They are a fundamentally sound team. And they have every piece that you can possibly want in a complete NFL team. They have the defensive parts. They have the they have the offensive playmakers. They have the offensive line. They have the trenches, man. It's it's crazy. This team is like is a top three team in the NFL right now. As crazy as that sounds. Who are your other two? 49ers and Eagles. The 49ers and Eagles right now. And I like we saw what the Bills did. They certainly can. The Bills and uh, Dolphins can be put ahead of the the Lions, but I, after what I've seen, we've seen weaknesses from the Bills, we've seen weaknesses from the Dolphins, and I know we saw a little slip up by the Lions, but I think they're the most complete team, or one of the most complete teams uh, in the league. So, top three, I know it's crazy to put them over the the Bills and the Dolphins, but I think on a neutral site, if you put in them head to head. Dolphins or the the Lions would be favored. I would I would agree, but they need to load manage really bad because I don't know when their buy is. I was trying to look. <clears throat> Gibbs is hurt. Amon Ra's got a lingering kind of core injury. Brian Branch is hurt. CJ Gardner Johnson just went on IR. They really need to chillax on getting <laughs> injured. But uh, yeah, but yeah, they. I agree with you. They are an excellent team, and a victory that lap that any day. Same report as them. <laughs> He is, dude. But, but yeah, I love that Lions team, man. Uh, I'm so excited to watch the rest of the the season play out. I think I'm I'm even more excited for Lions fans than I am for Lions in general. I think I know, like I've respect the Lions fans so much because of what they've been through, just shitty football teams for years, and now they get a team like this. Gosh, I wish I was in their spot. I would love that. That's so. all my cousins. I get to see it firsthand. It's, it's pretty yeah. special. That's insane. All right. Hey, moving on. NFL Week 6, big game breakdowns. We've got a couple games that we want to walk through, give our favorite picks, go through our model projections and whatnot, and try to pinpoint who we think is going to win, who we think is going to cover, and maybe a little bit else. If you don't know who we are, we are Statletics. Uh, we're just a couple of guys who, who love football and uh, can dabble in some analytics here and there. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe to the video and drop your favorite picks for NFL Week 6. We love uh, scanning the crowd, seeing what you got cooked up on the books. Uh, we, we love seeing that information. It's it's all fun. But let's get into the fun stuff. Biggest game on the slate for me, 49ers go to the Browns. 49ers are four-and-a-half-point road favorites going into the dog pound Cleveland's coming off a bye, so they can get a little bit healthy. It's at home. So they get the nod there. 49ers coming off of their best win to date. It seems like week in and week out, they get better and better and better and better and almost immortal. So with that being said, Brendan, with the numbers too, let's talk about the numbers. 86% of the bets are on the 49ers. 74% of the <clears throat> money is on the 49ers. Public is certainly heavy on the 49ers, of course. Don't blame them. But do you think with the the week off, 
And do you think uh, the Browns could could snipe the the 49ers while their their confidence is high? Maybe they got a little ego check in place here at the dog pound. What, what are you thinking? What, what, tell me about how you feel about this game. I feel like the San Francisco 49ers are a efficient, well-oiled machine that it's going to take a lot more than the Cleveland Browns to stop them. I do not think the 49ers have any holes. And right. I, tr- I think that they cover this five. It's at five now, right? Uh, yeah, on uh, it's four and a half, five on some books, um, but it's it's going to steam up. Looking at the money right now, it's going to steam up. Yeah, I think that the 49ers cover five. Wow, I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. I, you know, I take them a seven. So you, so I, seven and a half is when you you would not take it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I want to take the Browns so bad, but uh, I have the 49ers as well on my book. And the reason why, one, if you look at my projections, you can find that on Twitter later this week. We post all of our projections, whether it's NFL or college football, up here at Statletics underscore. Uh, but the projections have the 49ers by six and a half right now. So um, my model favors San Francisco by six and a half. Um, it just, again, you said it before they just, them being the most efficient team on both sides of the football. Uh, it's just a recipe for success. No matter where you go, even in the dog pound, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, listen to this. They are second overall in the league in offensive EPA on offense. And then they're third overall in the league in offensive EPA allowed on defense. And with a team like that, I mean, it's just, you can't, again, there's no holes, you know? It's like, where do you attack this team? How do you attack this team? It's the only way you can do that is you pace them, you win the time of possession battle, and then you have the football last. That That's almost like the name of the game. And so I I think that the Browns defense can do enough to maybe force Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan to, to have to really get in their bag. But, you know, unless, you know, Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and don't have, they're not on their A game, I don't see a world in which Cleveland can win. Now, the world that I do see Cleveland winning is if Kevin Stefanski absolutely goes nuclear and has game of his life calling plays on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they're really going to need Deshaun Watson to be. Uh, on his A game. So we've seen Watson progress better and better week in and week out. And he doesn't look great, but he gets better every week. So that's a, that's got to have you feeling some sort of uh, confidence as a Browns fan. But the 49ers are playing too well and too efficient for me to believe that they're going to go in there and not cover a four-and-a-half-point spread. And so I'm with you. I would trust the model uh, and take it all the way up to six and a half. So San Francisco is playing great football and don't overthink it. It's simple as that. You know, some people are going to get in here and be like Browns at home, uh, sharp money, this blah, blah, blah. I'm not overthinking this one. I'm trusting my model. I'm trusting this, the, the numbers and I'm going to ride with 49ers until they let me down. My favorite part about last night was literally as soon as the Cowboys would catch a ball, no matter where it is, Catch, hit. Like two people. Yeah. Catch, hit. 
catch, hit, and like over and over and over and over again. That was it. Yeah. And they just, I mean, you can't move the ball on them. No. I thought no. that was cool. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Speaking of the Cowboys, the next big game we wanted to discuss, the Cowboys go to the Chargers. Chargers are uh, coming off a bye week. They are two and a half point home dogs against the Cowboys. So uh, Vegas is still on top of the Cowboys. 63% of the bets are on the boys. 93% of the money is on the Cowboys. So we got some heavy, heavy money on the Cowboys. Again, it's early in the week, so um, this is subject to change. But, you know, earlier in the week is really where you can tell a lot uh, based on uh, some of the more uh, serious bettors who come in and place large wagers. Chargers, again, they get their bye week. They're coming off fresh. Cowboys, they have been demoralized uh, on the national stage. So we have kind of two different scenarios coming off here. The Chargers uh, have one of the best offenses in the league. Cowboys have one of the best defenses in the league. So one's got to give. Brendan, which one is it, and why do you think that? I'm going to answer your question with another question, but I have a great storyline, underlying storyline. This is the first time Kellen Moore is playing the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. So so who prevails? Oh, is, it yeah. the, is it the Cowboys knowing Kellen Moore's system for like eight years or however, however they did it? Or is it Kellen Moore knowing the Cowboys system and how they're going to run it? Because McCarthy's still there. But McCarthy's more – is he more of a defensive guy? No. Is he not? He's just – no, he's just like a boomer offensive guy. Remember, so a lot of people don't really remember this, but when he was with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers was furious with him. He so mm-hmm. he did not like update his playbook from the time that he started as a head coach of the Packers to the time that he ended. And it was something that infuriated Aaron Rodgers because his lack like so for instance, one of the biggest things in the league now is like pre-snap motion. And as that became a thing, teams started to utilize that more and more to be able to read defenses until pre-snap coverages without having to do anything post-snap. McCarthy didn't do that. He also, he like, he didn't do anything like anything innovative on the offensive side of the ball. It was the same shit every day. And that was how, that was why Aaron Rodgers pretty much like begged the Packers to fire him. So his lack of innovation on the offensive side of the ball, even though he was an offensive guy, was really where the Packers came fell short during Aaron Rodgers' tenure. And so that's why I'm not on the Cowboys. That's why I was so against <clears throat> the Packers hiring or the Cowboys hiring Mike McCarthy is because, you know, he's one of those guys that's not willing to adapt. And the most successful coaches in the league are guys who are willing to see what others are doing and adapt. That's just how it is. I mean, it's you can't you can't be so narrow minded about uh, the offense that you're running. You know, why not? Why not look at what other people are doing? And give it a shot. You know, if the worst case scenario doesn't work and you move on to something else. So uh, that's where Mike McCarthy. Uh, that's actually why he got fired. So that's look, why look, I'm Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is about to be in his bag all Dude. night against these boys. I know he is. And. The Chargers get Eckler back. They're coming off a bye, yep. so everyone's everyone's healed up, and they've got still Keenan, still Palmer, still Quentin Johnson. Got Eckler. 
Is yeah. Parham out still, or is it going to be jailed every time? Uh, regardless, I think Parham will be back. They used the bye week to try and get him back. Yeah. Um, but still, again, like you said, Gerald Everett will be there regardless. And I think they used this bye week to get Quentin Johnson up to speed. So, yeah. you know, he didn't, he wasn't playing a lot. He wasn't really effective on the offensive side of the ball uh, the past couple of weeks. Um, and now that Mike Williams is out, I think they're going to use this week to get him ramped up. And so yeah. we could see a lot more Quentin Johnson. And even if not, Josh Palmer is still. A very very suitable wide receiver too. So yeah, well, no, Kellen Moore's in his bag this week, and I think there's going to, they're going to score a lot of points. I don't have any take on if the Cowboys are going to be able to score on the Chargers, but it is at home for the Chargers, and they're underdogs. And you know I like a home dog, so I'm taking the Chargers. Yeah, what a line. And, and 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 so for me. My my projections actually have this game at a pick 'em right now. Um, so they think it's twenty three twenty three. So with that, I I like the Chargers and I like them at home, even though they really don't have a home field advantage. Uh, not like some it's of these not other a teams. Jerry world. Yeah, no, it's it's not. But their offensive numbers, you know, on on the surface level, <laughs> Dallas is very similar. But if you really like drill down into it. Uh, the nod goes to the Chargers. You know, you have their their fifth overall in offensive EPA on the offensive side of the ball. Dallas is thirteenth overall. Um, after that, even after that last game, ugh. But uh, there. I mean, the if you go to the defensive side of the ball, offensive EPA allowed. That's where Dallas gets a nod. We have their fourth overall in the league in offensive EPA allowed. Uh, Chargers are twentieth. So. Certainly some cleaning up to do on the defensive side of the ball. I think this might be a higher scoring matchup than people like to realize. Um, because you gotta think about it. These numbers bake in, they they don't they're not adjusted for shitty teams like the Patriots, the Jets, the Giants. So even though the Dallas has all of these really high defensive metrics, they're against Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, and Josh Dobbs, and then now Brock Purdy. But again, you gotta think about it with a grain of salt and you got to think about the situational matchups in the past. So I'm riding with the chargers here. I love the Kellen Moore narrative. Uh, I, that kind of confirms my priors. Again, <laughs> so riding the projections, baby, give me the chargers. Give me a high octane offense, taking down this Dallas Cowboys defense that are potential frauds any day of the week. I like it. All right. Hey, moving on. Colts go to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Jaguars are riding high off of a nice win against Buffalo in London. Um, that certainly helps them. Uh, definite confidence booster. Colts are without Anthony Richardson. They'll probably be without him for a couple of weeks. They have a sprained AC joint. The Jags, man, Doug Peterson has them rolling. They are four-point favorites right now at home. And if you look at the money, there's some pure insanity going on Colts 91% of the money is on or 91% of the tickets are on the Colts 98% of the money is on the Colts everybody's on the Colts here man can I'm not sure I'm not sure what uh what I think about this um especially with the Colts without Anthony Richardson but I do know I do know that Gardner Minshew is just as good at quarterback Wait. this year. So I I will say this. You've heard if you've watched the show before, 
you've heard me say that the projections have a cult problem and they do. So this week, the model <laughs> likes the Colts to win outright. But again, we have to account for the Colts problem that, you know, the model has been great. It's been, it's hitting over 60% of the time every week. It's just like, and, and sometimes it's right on the Colts. You know, we've seen, we've seen them beat really good teams that they certainly were not favored against, but uh, it has a Colts problem every week. It's feels like it, it says the Colts are going to score 25 plus. So just take that with a grain of salt. I don't know what's going on, but I think, it, you know, they're really, they're really efficient on the offensive side of the ball um, against some pretty good defenses. So that, that could be it. But Brendan, who do you like to cover in this game and why? Well, I think the first and the most important thing to know about this is Shane Steichen specifically drafted Anthony Richardson to run an offense like he ran with the Eagles with Jalen Hurts with athleticism. He's not going to be able to do that with Minshew. So Minshew's completely fine. But I will say that it will be a different game plan than if they had Richardson here. Mm-hmm. However, I still think that they're going to be able to run the ball. You know, JT's back along with Zach Moss. And they're going to be able to run the ball fine on the Jaguars. But correct me if I'm wrong, the Colts have been kind of shaky in their past defense. Is that correct? Or not really? Yeah, I mean, relatively, they have some ups and they have some downs. You know, they they have a solid offensive or defensive uh, Line. uh, linebacker crew, and their secondary has been leaky. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. I mean, they they can do well, but they they are subject to give up some uh, some big plays every now and then. They're both both teams are middle of the road. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the overall metrics that that we use to make our projections and and picks as well. And looking at the offensive EPA allowed by team, the Colts are 16th in the league in offensive EPA allowed, and the Jags are 13. So very compare like comparable teams on the defensive side of the ball in the grand scheme of things. So not great, but certainly not bad. Yeah. You know? Well, this is just from kind of an, an eye test type deal um i think that trevor lawrence can move the ball in the air against the colts and Mm -hmm. then being at home and christian kirk is kind of playing really well now along with ridley and zay jones and evan ingram like they have all those keys i don't really think etn is going to be able to get it going on the ground i do think that lawrence is going to be able to pick him apart a little bit through the air now on the other side i just don't etn had a game last week against the Bills. i know he did I know he did. Okay. So confident in the Colts run game. That's what I'm hearing. Defensive run game. Yeah. I think the Colts are going to be able to run the ball. I'm not sure how much they actually pass it with Minshew. Like if they're down, like is Minshew taking, like is he dropping back 38 times? I kind of feel like it's going to be, I kind of feel like just based on how the game goes, it's going to be a low 30 to high 20 amount of pass attempts. Yeah, and, I mean, if if they have to, they, I think they're yeah. certainly confident in it. You know, with JT back, Zach Maul is playing as well as he, he is right now. I I expect them to, you know, pound the rock as much as they possibly right. can. But Shane Sykin, you know, we know that he's an offensive guru, and I don't think he's going to be one of those – we got to establish the run type of guys. Like he's willing to air it out. If that's, if that's what it takes to beat the Jaguars, if that's what it takes game script wise, he's absolutely willing to 
to let Minshew let it fly. Um, and, and we've seen that uh, previously. You know, I think he's, I think Steichen is one of those guys where he's not going to uh, have his mindset on doing one particular thing. <clears throat> I think he's going to go in there with a, you know, really good game plan and he's going to let that game plan drive what he does uh, as well as obviously in game uh, yeah. situation. And on the surface, you know, Jacksonville looks like they have the better offense. They have better offensive weapons, but statistically speaking, the Colts are actually the better offensive team right now. You know, they're 12th overall in total points compared to Jacksonville's 20th overall. Uh, they're 11th overall in total yards compared to Jacksonville's 14th. Um, they're eighth overall in rushing yards compared to Jacksonville's 15th. They're 19th overall in total EPA on the offensive side of the ball in terms of Jacksonville's 24th. So this Colts team statistically is better than the Jags uh, in most in most columns. So maybe the Jags can uh, get their ish going, but you know I will say that's the numbers don't lie. You know. I need the Jags to cover. <laughs> really? Yeah. No rhyme or reason. All right, beer bet. Let's do it. I'll take Colts. All right. All right. I'll th- Colts plus four. Brennan's mm-hmm. got the Jags minus four. So that'll be a fun one. I think that that ends up being a high scoring game. Uh, so I, I, you know, we'll see. I do wish Anthony Richardson was playing in this game, though. But I, I'm a Minshew yeah, believer. Yeah, it changes completely if AR plays. <laughs> my opinion. Like, Minshew like mania. My, my pick. But yeah, Minshew, Minshew is that guy. Minshew mania, baby. Let it ride. All right. Moving on. Lions go to Tampa Bay. The Red Hot Lions are three-point road favorites against Baker Mayfield's Bucks. Baker is coming off a of bye week this week. Maybe they can get Mike Evans back. We'll see. Right now, looking at the line, 68% of the total bets are on the Lions, but 70% of the money of the handle is on the Bucks. So there, there's some big money pouring in on the Bucks, even though the majority of the public that are making bets are on the Lions. Brendan, Dan Campbell's fighting Lions. Do you think they get it done? Why, of course. <laughs> um, Easy yeah, I think yeah. the Lions are going to be able to move the ball. The the Bucks have had a pretty like very good uh, rushing defense, and correct. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, especially at home, there's a significant yeah. difference in the Bucks playing at home versus away, which is kind of crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not many teams that are that much marginally different from home and away, but. Bucks are one of them. Yeah. Well, I think the Lions are going to be able to move the ball on the ground. Pretty much at will. Okay. I love DeMont. I like their line. Um, Gibbs to be a change of pace with it. And then they'll have Amon Ra more healthy. Uh, what is it? Jameson Williams is going to have another game under his belt. Yeah. And Ford is the god. So, man, because- CJ Gardner Johnson is on IR, though. That is important. Yeah. But I still think the Lions get it done. I think they cover three. Yeah. I, I, truthfully, I think a lot of this kind of, for me, hinges on the fact that uh, will Mike Evans play? Because if not, then it's just down to Chris Godwin. And I, I'm not sure if 
if that uh, duo between Baker Godwin could carry it. And uh, what about Josh Johnston? I mean, he's good. He's on the box. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who their other receivers are. But so here's my thing, though. What what's surprising to me? So, med, like statistically speaking, Detroit leads a lot of the categories over the Bucks uh, in terms of total yards, total points, passing yards, all, whatever you name it. But if we look at if we drill down deeper into uh, like EPA, uh, you know, both rushing, passing, and offensive EPA, both teams are like neck and neck. So despite the Bucks being like kind of mid to lower end of the league in terms of uh, some of those main categories, you efficiently like using EPA as a way to drill down deeper. The Lions are ninth overall in offensive EPA in the league. Baker's Bucks 10th overall in the league. So they're, they're really efficient uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And both defenses are really, really good and, and efficient. Lions sixth overall in offensive EPA allowed on the defense side of the ball. Bucks ninth overall in offensive EPA allowed. So I think this game might be closer than people think. I think three, I three think, points is close. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I will say, I at the beginning of the show you heard me. I was all over there, all over the Lions. I do think they're a top three team in the league, and that's why I think they covered this game. I think they win. I think they easily win. And I think their defense kind of puts Baker into his place. And you mentioned it already. I think this line goes crazy on the Bucks defensive line. My projections have this as a six-point win for the Lions. Trust the model. Trust the process. Trust the money. Here we go. Let's go, Dan Campbells. That was easy. <clears throat> All right. Couple more I want to talk about. Commanders go to the Falcons. Ugh. The Dirty Birds are riding hot after a win against the Texans. Yeah, they <laughs> they kind of pulled that one out last second. So, Commanders, dude, ugly, ugly, ugly loss to the I Bears last week. Never been more disappointed ever. Yeah, never. Ever. Yeah, that that game was just shitty all around. I mean, there's no way you can, you know. You can sugarcoat that one. There's no way you can back back the commanders up on that one. That was just piss poor on 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 all sides of the ball. So, but <clears throat> commanders are two and a half point road underdogs going to Atlanta. Atlanta mixed feelings about them. Um, you know, one week they have a really ugly loss. One week, you know, their offense finally looks like it's back on track. So. There's this is one of the harder teams to de- to decipher uh, in terms of performance. I do know that Atlanta's defense is playing at a really high level uh, for for an Atlanta Falcons defense, but uh, they're playing at a high level, certainly higher level than they have in the past ever since Dan Quinn left. Uh, can the Commanders bring it back, or do the Falcons keep the streak going at home? How did they bring it back? How? It would require their quarterback to let go of the ball within two seconds. He, so, fun fact, he is on pace to break the league record in sack totals by, like, 10 sacks or something. He, he's on pace to be sacked over 120 times. So, that's that's an issue that definitely needs to be fixed ASAP. Well, I 
they've always been playing when the normal slate's going, so I haven't been able to really watch it. I have never been more disappointed in my whole life. He has time. Get rid of the ball or run or throw it away. Yeah. What are you doing? Daniel Jones just hurt his neck because he's getting absolutely obliterated every single play because his O-line is bad. And Sam Howell's O-line is better than that, and he can't get rid of the ball, and he's still getting hit. It's like he wants to die out there. Right. Yeah. Lord. No, I mean, the, Fal- the Falcons, I mean, I, ca- I can't I can't pick the commanders. I mean, I probably won't put anything on this game at all, but if you had a gun in my head to be the Falcons, I, I don't know. There's no big trust with the commanders anymore. <laughs> There's no big, big trust. trust. Whoa, whoa. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but so off – on the offensive side of the ball, the, the commanders are actually better statistically, and that's kind of intuitive if you follow the league. Atlanta's offense doesn't really have great numbers because they run the balls seemingly every play just about. They did throw it more than they have in a long, long time. Uh, that might have been the most passing attempts in Arthur Smith's head coaching tenure at the Falcons. So crazy. you know, We may see a little shift in, in offensive style, but still. They play at a slow pace on the offensive side of the ball. They've run the ball more than anything, which they should. I mean, if your running game is going to be that well, might as well give it a shot until you're down or losing at any point in the game. But, but yeah, I mean, statistically speaking, the commanders do have a better offense. And it's not like they have a bad offense by any means. They're, they're, they're still really solid. Uh, could definitely be more efficient. They're middle of the league in offensive EPA. Uh, more on the bottom end, actually. They're 22nd overall in offensive EPA. Falcons are only 25th overall in offensive EPA, so not as efficient as uh, a team that runs the ball would like to be. Defenses, again, Falcons are playing at a higher level than you would anticipate from a Falcons defense, and the commanders, they're okay, but they're not very efficient. They're not... So... 11th overall in the league for the Atlanta Falcons and offensive EPA allowed 30th overall for the commanders. So they, they have some cleaning up to do on the defensive side of the ball. They can get pressure, but they cannot capitalize. Uh, and they, they have some, some leaky, um, some leaky secondary pieces that, that need to be contained as well. <clears throat> I like the Falcons at home here. I, I think the Falcons are a way better team at home uh, than they are on the road, especially in the dome. I just don't see, I mean, I, I can, I'll take that back. I do see the Commanders winning. There are some scenarios where they can win, but I just I like the Falcons' situation a lot better. I like them coming off of a, a gritty win against the Texans at home. Uh, I think the Dome certainly helps them out a lot, and I think their defense is an underrated aspect of, of their game right now. Um, and to top it all off, my projections do have the Falcons easily covering, so... Uh, I'm rocking with the projections again, man. I got to trust them. You know, if they're if they're going to keep hitting at a 60% rate, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust them uh, week in week out. And I think we we put too much work into those things to to not trust them. So Jacoby uh, Brissett <clears throat> needs to play for the Commanders. You think so? Yeah, they got a bench out. <laughs> Might be a little premature for that, but we'll see though. After this week, if they lose by like, you know, 17 or something, got to consider it. Yeah. We may revisit that next week. All right. Let's do, let's do a little bit of quick shot here. Uh, we're running out of time and we definitely want to touch on a little bit of other games, but let's, uh, let's break, let's run down some spread picks from these other games. 
Eagles go to the Jets just coming off a win. Impressive, not so much, but Eagles also coming off of a win. Eagles are six and a half point road favorites at MetLife against the Jets. Who are you taking in this game? Yeah, I have to take a little longer on this one. So sorry. But I was thinking about it and I was like, actually, Jack Wilson's not playing horrible and the Jets Stevens can keep him in this game. But it's going to be hard for Zach Wilson to do that when he's on his asshole because he's gotten sacked 11 times. Elijah Vera Tucker is probably going to be out this week. And I think yep. what uh, Jalen Carter has a afternoon snack and his name is Zach Wilson. So I think I think the Eagles are going to win this one pretty good. Pretty Projections have the Eagles by 10 in this game. Okay, Giants go to the Bills. They're without Daniel Jones potentially. We'll see. But it's uh, pretty bleak for, for Daniel Jones. Giants are 14-point road favorites against the Bills. Yeah, it's, underdogs. it's steep. Yeah, sorry, underdogs. So uh, do you think the Giants can cover that 14-point spread, or do you think the Bills win by 14 or more? I mean, I don't really think they can, but that's so many points that I probably don't even touch it. But if I had to, I'd I'd go Bills. I just don't know how the Giants are going to get in the offense. Going. Yeah, yeah. Projections have Bills minus 15, but – Neither here nor there. Got to take the Bills if the if the if Daniel Jones doesn't play. Okay, Seahawks at the Bengals. Bengals two and a half point home favorites. Seahawks coming in fresh off of a bye week. Who do you like in this game? Oh, fresh off the bye, I like the Seahawks. Me too. Let's do it. Me too. <laughs> Great. Okay, Saints go to the Texans. Saints coming off of a absolute pound town against the Patriots. Texans coming off a tough loss against the Falcons. Texans are one and a half point home underdogs. Do you like the Saints to cover, or do you think the Texans cover and win outright? I don't know. I'm going Texans. Texans one and a half. Underdogs? Yep. Okay. Okay. I didn't like that one at all. I don't yeah. like that game. It doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. All right, uh, Vikings go to the Bears. Vikings are three point road favorites at Chicago. Do you think the the Bears can keep it going, or do you think the Vikings finally get a win? They're unless, one and four, but they haven't had a good win in a while. Unless Jordan Addison can operate like Justin Jefferson because he is hurt. Even if he plays, I mean. He shouldn't play. There's no way. I've had a hamstring injury before, and being the prime athlete that I am, I just know that <laughs> you uh, you really need to rest that, baby. So I think the Bears are going to win. Yeah. Okay. How about this? Ravens go to Titans. Titans are three-and-a-half-point home underdogs against the Ravens. Do you think the Ravens come in there and beat the Titans by three-and-a-half? Or... Overseas game. You're right. Gosh, I do that every week. It's okay. Every I got time. You, man. Because I, I go, when I do my notes, I go to the schedule and like it still has them as the home and away, mm-hmm. but I don't see the overseas part. So, overseas, Ravens, Science, who do you like? Mm, I'm going to go with the Ravens to get back. They should not have lost that game to the Steelers. So. No. Uh, yeah, I think the, the Titans defense is too piss poor for the Ravens not to capitalize. Mm hmm. Thursday night game, Broncos go to the Chiefs. Chiefs are 10 and a half point favorites. This could be ugly, and it just I mean, well might be. Are you thinking about 
what I'm thinking about. Isaiah Pacheco, five touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. This defense is awful for the Broncos. So I like the Chiefs to cover the Broncos. I have the worst defense in the league by far. Yeah, yeah. I see this game being like a 27 to 10 win for the Chiefs. So that's actually what the projections have. All right, hey, that uh, that wraps it up for this show this week. Sorry, guys, we are a little under the weather, not our usual selves, but we'll be back here next week for NFL Week 7. Appreciate you guys listening. <laughs>